Welcome to a Heritage Christian Centre podcast. For more information, visit www.heritagecc.com.au. We hope this message blesses your life. Thank you very much. And thank you uh, to Pastor Sue and Errol for the honour of being able to share this morning. Well, the kids are in the um, congregation this morning. The kids are here. So we're going to start with our story, Kids Style. So I hope adults, you don't mind, you know, because we're supposed to have a childlike faith here. So we're going to have the story Kids Style. So if we could get that video happening. Have you ever wanted something so badly that you did not give up? In this story, a Canaanite woman whose name we don't know was determined that Jesus could make her daughter well. And she did not give up until Jesus helped her. One day, Jesus left Galilee and traveled with his friends to a place called Canaan. He hoped to get some rest there. But people found him. They needed his help, so they crowded around him. A woman began shouting at Jesus, Lord, Lord, listen to me. Something terrible is happening to my daughter. She's very sick. I know you can make her better. But Jesus didn't say anything. The woman kept shouting. Soon, Jesus' friend said to him, that woman is so loud. She's really bothering us. Please get rid of her. But Jesus did not send the woman away. Instead, he said, I was sent to help the Israelite people. They are like lost sheep. The woman was not an Israelite, but she wouldn't leave. She understood that God's good news, the good news of love and healing and justice, was for everyone, not just for the Israelites. No matter what people look like or where they were from, she knew that God loves everyone. So she got down on her knees before Jesus. Lord, please help my daughter, she begged. Still, Jesus hesitated. It's not right for me to help you, he said. I cannot give the food of children to dogs. But the woman cried out, dogs need food too. They eat the crumbs that fall from the people's table. Jesus was amazed that the Canaanite woman trusted him and believed in a version of God's love that was so big it included everyone. You did not give up when I said no, Jesus said. You can have what you wish. Your daughter will be healed. And at that very moment, the woman's daughter was made well. The mother did not give up. She knew that God's love and God's healing is for all people. So it's a bit of an interesting story and there's a part in it where I can, you can just feel everybody go, ooh, I don't like that bit. We'll get to it. It's okay. So today we're going to talk about great faith. What is great faith? And it comes at the most unexpected place in Matthew. <clears throat> this story, you'll find it in Matthew chapter 15. It's a really unexpected place to find great faith. You would think if anyone had the opportunity to have great faith, it would have been the Pharisees. They had the whole of the Scriptures. They had memorised it all. They'd internalised it all. They went to um, services every day. They were, or every week, they were um, the leaders of the people, the religious leaders of the people, and they had access to the history 
of God's faithfulness and to, their, to the Scriptures and everything. And you would think that they would be the ones that Jesus would say, wow, they have great faith. But no, they actually had no faith. They were so bound by their rules and by the, their appearances that when it came to Jesus, they tried to get Him for everything that He did. And they tried to um, tear him down in every way. They had no faith in Jesus at all. And if anyone had the opportunity to have great faith, maybe if it wasn't the Pharisees, maybe it would have been the disciples. You know, the disciples, they got to hang around Jesus day in, day out. Through the night, they got to eat with him. They saw all the miracles. They saw all of the, all the things that Jesus did. And they got to hang out with the, this Jesus. They got to hang out with him. So you would think that maybe they were the ones that Jesus said, wow, you've got great faith. But actually, no. Time and time and time again, Jesus reprimanded them actually for saying, Oh, you have little faith. How long do I have to put up with you guys? You just aren't getting it. So they had little faith. The Pharisees had no faith in Jesus. The disciples had little faith, but they were still a bit, they had access to all the promises and the the history and everything, but they were still a bit, I don't know. And then, Out of nowhere comes this little Canaanite woman. And she's not of of, uh, the Jewish heritage. She had no background in knowing who Jesus was. But she comes into Matthew 15. And by the end of this story, Jesus marvels at her. And he says to the disciples, now that is great faith. Now that is great faith. So what is it about this woman? What is it that we can learn from her? And what are the characteristics of great faith? So that's what I want to look at today. But first of all, let's set the scene. It's always good when you do a Bible story to go back and say, well, you know, what was leading up to this story? So let's set the scene. So prior to this story in chapter, the the, uh, story is found in Matthew 15. And prior to this, at the end of 14, chapter 14, Jesus um, has gone out to a desolate place and he's, he's spent some time alone. John the Baptist has died a horrible death and he's still grieving after that. So he spends some time alone and the disciples are on the water. They're on the lake. And throughout the night, Jesus prays and spends his time alone and he comes down and it's just coming up dawn and the disciples are in the boat and they see Jesus walking on the water. And they're pretty frightened, as you would be. I know I would be too. Pretty frightened. And they see Jesus walking in the water and they whoa, that looks like a ghost. But Jesus says, no, don't worry, it's me. It's all good. 
And Peter says, you know, if it's really you, tell me to come and I want to have a go at walking on the water. And so Jesus said, yeah, come on, Peter, come on. And Peter goes, cool, let's go. So he jumps out of the boat and he starts walking on the water. He's like, whoa, this is so cool. And Jesus, he's looking at Jesus. Jesus is like, yeah, it is, it is pretty cool. And then he goes, but hang on a minute. I'm walking on water. Uh, this, this isn't right. No, no, you actually can't do this. Uh, there's waves there. There's wind there. There's, there's all this storm around me. I, 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 what, what? And he starts to sink. And he cries out, Jesus, save me. Jesus lifts him up and he says, you of little faith, Peter, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Why didn't you just keep looking at me? Why did you doubt? You of little faith. But you know what? At least Peter got out of the boat. (laughs) The other disciples, I don't know. So he had more faith than them, but Jesus still counted it as little faith because of his doubt. So that's the disciples coming into the picture. Eventually, chapter 15 starts and they get into a place called Gennesaret, which is just at the edge of Lake Galilee. And they're standing at the edge of Lake Galilee and all these crowds come from everywhere wanting Jesus to heal them bringing their sickness, bringing their disease, every kind of ailment that you could think of was crowding around Jesus, were these people crowding around Jesus and they were, they were at him to, to, to heal them and he did. He healed them all. The Bible says he healed them all. And then enters our next characters. And I think you might know who they might be. The disciples are already there. In come the Pharisees. So the Pharisees come in. And you will not believe this. This, I just went, oh my goodness, Jesus, you must have been so patient. These guys come in and they see what's happening here. They see all these people getting healed. They see blind people seeing. They see the crippled people walking. They just like, But they don't go, whoa, this is amazing. This is so amazing. We've known that guy for for 40 years and now look at him. And we've known that we don't you such and such a son. No. They come in and they go, Jesus, we've got something to ask you. And he says, yep. And they say, why don't your disciples wash their hands after they've eaten. Why don't they wash their hands after, after they've eaten? Don't you know that that's against the rules? And Jesus is like, he's had enough. And he actually gives them a bit of a spray. So Matthew chapter 15 at verse 8, starting at verse 8, this is what Jesus says to them. These people, speaking to the Pharisees, These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. 
Jesus called the crowd to Him and said, listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth doesn't make them unclean. It doesn't defile them. You can eat what you like. But it's what comes out of the mouth that defiles you, that makes you unclean. What comes out of your mouth is what makes you unclean because it's coming out of your heart. Then the disciples came to Him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended by what you, when they heard that? They were offended. And Jesus replied, every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. By this stage, Jesus has had a gutful. And he decides to move on from that place to and withdraw to a place that he doesn't usually go. And it's actually the only time that he ever went there. He withdraws. He's got the Pharisees on his back with ridiculous things. He's got the crowd crowded around him, all pulling at him and tugging at him. Jesus, heal me, heal me. Oh, Jesus, heal me, heal me, heal me. And he's, he's busy doing that and giving out what he had. And then he's got the disciples that he wants to impart stuff to because they just don't seem to be getting it. And so he withdraws to the, the region of Tyre and Sidon. And that is where our beautiful little Canaanite lady comes in on the scene. Um, a Canaanite woman <clears throat> from the vicinity, uh, this is chapter 15, Matthew 15, starting at verse 22. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus didn't answer a word. And here is the first thing that we can learn about great faith. The first thing that we can learn is that great faith comes to Jesus. Great faith comes to Jesus. There was so much that worked against this woman. There was so much working against her. First of all, she was a Canaanite. And the Canaanites were so despised by the Jews. The only reason that she was actually even alive was because of the disobedience of the Jews. And when Joshua and the entire nation of Israel came into the land of Canaan, they were supposed to totally wipe the Canaanites out, but they failed to do so. So their presence, whenever they saw the Canaanites, their presence reminded them of their failure. It reminded them of their, of their constant disobedience and how everything went pear-shaped pretty much after that. They were a constant reminder of failure and disobedience. And the second thing that was against this woman was she was a woman. And in those days, women were pretty much second-class citizens. The Pharisees even had a special prayer that they used to pray where they'd say, God, I thank you that I am not a woman. And it's difficult, it was difficult for women to even get close to Jesus 
And yet, what does this woman do? She's heard from somewhere, Jesus heals. She's heard from someone, guess what? He healed my son. He healed my daughter. He healed me. She's heard about this man, Jesus, and she knows that she is in a a place where no one can do anything for her. And so she hears about this Jesus and she thinks to herself, you know what? I know I'm an outsider. I know I'm not welcome in this space. I know that I am not going to have a great time here. But do you know what? I'm going to go because I have a daughter who is demon possessed and is suffering terribly. And we don't know what she was like. Maybe she was thrown into the fire like one of the other uh, accounts. Maybe she was just had these horrible fits. Who knows? But it was so bad that the Bible said she was suffering terribly. And this woman loved this, her daughter so much that she put aside everything that was going to disqualify her to get to the one who she knew could do something about it. And that was Jesus. There was nothing that was going to hold this woman back. And so the first thing we can learn from her is we need to come to Jesus first. Not after you've tried everything around and you've told everybody and asked everybody, but come to Him and cry out to Him first. And don't let anything stop you. How many times have people said something to you Or have people's thoughts about you disqualified you from doing some stepping out and doing something for God? Great faith says, no way. Nothing is going to keep me from my Saviour. Nothing is going to stop me from receiving the promise that I am I'm pressing in for and believing for day after day. Nothing is going to stop me from coming to Him. So that's our first point. The second thing that we can learn about this woman is great faith doesn't worry about the silence. When she was crying out to Jesus, she was crying out, Son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. My daughter is sick. Can you heal her? Son of David, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. And she kept going. And Jesus didn't say a word. He didn't send her away, but he didn't say a word. He didn't acknowledge her. He just stood in silence. And sometimes when you are believing for something, when you're you're believing to get through a challenge, you're believing for something to come to pass, there is something that's been birthed in your heart and you are praying daily to see that thing happen. Maybe it's a family member that you want to see come to the Lord. Maybe it's a diagnosis. Maybe it's something that you have in your heart and you know that God has called you to pray for that thing or that person. Don't be afraid of the silence. Sometimes it takes a long, 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 long time for that thing to come to pass. And sometimes it's like there's a silence there that nothing 
is being said. God's not saying one way or the other. Don't be afraid of that silence. We know that silence very, very well. We waited 11 years for our kid, for our child, first child, 11 years. And in that time, it was, we had to really press in and stand on the, the word that God had given to us, which is found in Psalm 113. Uh, make the, I make the happy, I make, I give the woman, woman child, uh, make her a happy mother of children. That's the end of it. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But uh, I will make you a happy mother of children. That was it. It was birthed in her heart. And year after year, when it didn't happen, it was discouraging at times. But God had planted that in our heart. And sometimes there was silence. And you didn't know whether to keep pressing in or keep not pressing in, but we kept pressing in. And now we have our beautiful children. And I'm so thankful to God for that. So don't be afraid of the silence. Just Keep coming to Jesus. The first thing that we can do is come to Him. The second thing that we can learn is that we shouldn't worry about the silence when the heavens are silent. The answer's on its way. You've just got to keep being like this woman. She got louder. When the silence was there, she got louder and louder and even louder than that. She was saying, have mercy on me, son of David. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. Have mercy on me, O Lord, have mercy on me. She kept going and going and going. And if you are a parent, it's like when your child is saying, mum, 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 mum. Or dad, 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 dad. And in the end you're saying, dad, answer your child. <laughs> or mum, they're trying to talk. Oh yeah, sorry. Or if you're finding Nemo, the seagulls. Mine, 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 mine. And after a while you feel like going, mm, yep, it's yours, have it. And that's exactly what the disciples said. After a, a time of her doing this and getting louder and louder and louder and more persistent, not giving up and pressing in against the silence, not giving up, the disciples said, Jesus, can you not hear this woman? She is so annoying. She keeps on going and going and going. Why don't you just send her away? Do what she wants to do, wants you to do, and then send her away. And Jesus looks at them and he says something that is quite disturbing. The third thing that we can learn about this woman is that great faith is persistent. It keeps going and going. It is persistent. In uh, verse 24, Jesus answers the disciples and says, or answers her and says, 
I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. You're a Canaanite and I was sent to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt at his feet. The Bible actually says that word, those wording, that wording is she actually fell completely at his feet, lying down, holding his feet and begging him. So after Jesus said that, I was sent to the, only to the lost sheep of Israel, she came and knelt at his feet and cried out, Lord, help me. She begged him, Lord, help me. And Jesus then says this very disturbing thing. It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Whoa. That does not match up with our image of Jesus. How does that fit? I have spent hours in prepare, when I was preparing this thinking, this just does not fit. There's got to be something in this, and there is. It all comes down to the characters in the story and the purpose for which he said it. It wasn't about the woman. It was the purpose that he wanted to fulfil. The characters in the story had their different perspectives. The disciples had shown that they were actually quite prejudiced. Send her away. She's annoying. She's a Canaanite. She's a dog. That was their word for them. And it meant a stray mangy dog on the street. Send her away. And Jesus heard that. And then in his silence, he looks at the woman and she's begging him and not giving up. And she's getting louder and louder and louder. And he must have been thinking to himself, you know what? This woman is not going to give up. This woman is going to keep going and keep at me. And these guys here are pretty prejudiced against her. And in the whole scheme of things, in the whole plan of God, I've been sent to the lost children of Israel. But these guys are going to continue on the work to open it out to the Gentiles. So if these guys are going to reach this lady they're going to have to get over their prejudice in order to love her and all the other Gentiles that are out there. He was, and so he, in his silence, I can imagine that he would have created this little plan. This woman is not going to give up. This woman is showing incredible faith. I'm going to teach these guys what great faith is. I'm going to teach them what great faith is. And so he says what they were thinking. He says, I have come to the lost, only to the lost children of Israel. I haven't really come to you. That's what they were thinking. 
He's brought it out into the open. I've only come for the lost children of Israel. He also brought out that it's not right to take the children's bread and to give it to the dogs. What he's saying is that these, these people were classified, were, were called dogs by these guys. They had to get over it in order to reach them. And so when Jesus said that, this woman had every right to be offended. She had every right to say, well, if that's what your God is, I'm not going to have a bar of it. I'm out. She had every right to say, you know, I don't belong here. This is, feels really awkward. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave. But she didn't. She pressed in even further. She was so persistent that she fell at his feet and cried out for mercy. And when Jesus said, it's not right to give the children's bread to the dogs, it was a metaphor. It was a picture Jesus had been uh, crowded around, had spent so long healing people and and healing the the people that would come to him and the crowds that would crowd around him and healing every single one of them. He had given out so much and the people had taken the bread so much from him, had taken it, got what they needed and then off they go. And he's saying it's not right to take that bread and to give it to someone who's not, who doesn't understand the value of my healing, who doesn't understand the history that I have here. It's not right to do that and to give it to the dogs. Now, when he used the word dogs, it's a different word. It's not the stray dogs, mangy dogs out in the street. It's the dogs as in In your household, you have a little puppy and a pet and they're part of your household. They're part of your family. Who has a pet here? Who loves it like they're part of the family? Exactly right. And that's what he was referring to. You are actually part of the family. When he uses the word dog, he means a dog that's part of the family. And so he says, um, he says those things. The other thing that those words did is they created barriers for this woman. And this is what I love about it. Jesus consciously created barriers for this woman because he knew how persistent she was. And so he said, "Uh, I didn't actually come for your race of people. Uh, I shouldn't really give what I have to you. He created these barriers. And every single time this woman just bashed them down, she came to him. She fell at his feet and she begged him, Lord, just... Have mercy on me. And so 
We can't, we need to be persistent. That's the third thing we can learn is that we need to be persistent. Jesus did nothing unloving and nothing without a divine purpose. He had had enough of the superficiality and the shallowness of the pretended faith of those who selfishly got what they wanted for him and then left. That wasn't great faith. But more than that, he wanted to test this woman's faith and to bring it to full flower. Every time she broke through a barrier, her faith got stronger. Every time she busted down one of those arguments and didn't take offence, her faith became a little bit stronger and a little bit more full and a little bit bigger. And finally, when he said those words, it's not right to take the children's bread and give it to you. Give it to the dogs in that metaphor. She answered with an answer that absolutely blew his mind. And that's the fourth thing that we can learn and the final thing that we can learn about this woman, about great faith. Great faith is incredibly humble. She said, she answered, "Um, yes, Lord, yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. What she was saying is, yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't belong. You're right. I'm not worthy of anything. You're right. I I don't know the promises. You're right. I don't know your faithfulness. You're right. I don't have history. You're right. I don't have a heritage. You're right. I don't belong here. You're right. I'm not worthy. But all I need is a crumb. All I need is just one little crumb because I know that you are worthy. He called, she called him Lord. She called him the son of David, which is a messianic way that they, they spoke about the Messiah. She called him Lord. Lord, I'm not worthy. But my daughter is so sick. And I know that you heal. There's the crumb. So I know that you are worthy. And if you could just give me one crumb, I know that my daughter could be healed. And she falls at his feet. The disciples at this stage, I could imagine, would be just, whoa. Wow. Jesus bends down to this woman and he says, wow. Wow. You, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that very moment. Wow. This woman who had no promise, this woman who had no heritage, this woman who had no background, this woman who didn't know 
Jesus, but knew he could save her, he could heal her daughter with just a word. This woman was commended for her great faith. So what did that great faith entail? Number one, she came to Jesus. Number two, she didn't worry about the silence. Number three, she was persistent. She kept on going, regardless of the barriers that were put up against her. And number four, she came in humility. Um, Just as the singers and musicians um, come up, I just want to finish with this one story. And it's found in Matthew 17. So we've gone Matthew 14, then this story is in Matthew 15. And in a couple of chapters later, there is found this story. And I really pray that this is an encouragement to you because there are some people here that have been believing and trying to press in for a very long time on a promise that was made long ago and you're bordering on just giving up. But I believe that this is a word for you today to persist, to not give up. God is saying you are a person of great faith. And if you continue to persist and continue to press in, then the answer will come eventually. I want to finish with this story because it was an encouragement to me a a little while ago. And it's about... Um, it's found in Matthew 17, starting at verse... Oh, Matthew 17. And I'll just tell the first part of the story and then I'll hone in on one little scripture that comes with it. The first part of the story is this. The, this man came to Jesus and he had a son who was demon-possessed and used to throw the demon used to throw the son into the fire. And he said to Jesus, Jesus, can you please heal my son? These disciples, they've tried to do it, but they can't. But I know that you can. And Jesus says, oh, how long do I have to put up with you guys? Here, give me the son. And he prayed and the the boy was healed. Later on, the disciples come to him in private. And this is where we come in at verse 19. The disciples came to him in private and said, why couldn't we drive it out? Why couldn't we do that? And he replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as, as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Faith as small as a mustard seed. We've got a picture, that is how small a mustard seed actually is. And that is the amount of faith that God requires for us to have, to come to Him. When I looked into this verse, and this is what I want to encourage you with, because it encouraged me. 
when I looked into this verse, that word faith, as small as a mustard seed, actually means faithfulness, faithfulness. So if you're believing for something and you have, you know God's faithfulness in a tiny little way, you know that He's faithful because He did this. You know that He's faithful because He did that. You know you've seen His faithfulness in this area of your life or that area of your life. Even if you know just one time where Jesus was faithful to you. Then when you see a challenge coming your way, you're seeing that challenge in the light of how faithful God is. And that challenge melts away. It's not a mountain anymore in the light of how big and how amazing and how wonderful our God is and how incredible His promises are to you. When you see that challenge in the light of that God, it's nothing. And He is everything. And that's the faith that we need to have. It's also a seed. And if that seed is planted, it's going to grow. And faith is something that grows over time. You don't just have it one day and not the next. It's a growth season by season, challenge by challenge. It grows over time, over time, over time, over time to the point where that little tiny seed actually becomes a massive mustard tree. Do you know how big a mustard tree actually is? 20 feet tall, 20 feet wide. Some of them even grow up to 30 feet. That's a big tree. Over time, over time, after challenge, after challenge. This woman had this tiny little crumb of faith. And Jesus said, you know what? It might be small. It might just be a crumb. It might just be a mustard seed. But it's great because I can take that and I can do something with it. So I really pray that today has just been an encouragement to you to press in. Don't give up. Believe for good things. Come to Jesus. Don't be afraid of the silence. Be persistent and come to Him humbly. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank You, Father, that You give us this gift of faith. We thank You that we don't have to have it all together. We just have to have that little crumb, that little seed. And Father, today we just believe in You. If your face, well, all eyes are closed and heads are bowed. If you're facing a challenge today, I just want to pray for you. 
Lord, for all those that are facing a challenge today, I pray, Father, that You would just encourage them in their heart to press in and to see that thing come to pass. I thank You, Father, and I give You glory and honour for Your Word today. In Jesus' Name, Amen.